guys. Welcome back to the Allergic to Grace podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Whitney. And we're so glad you joined in to listen today. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about Leviticus chapters 11 and 12. But to pick up where we left off last week, let's quickly recap what we saw in chapters 8 through 10. In chapters 8 through 10, oh, wow. we read about the consecration of Aaron and his sons. This included washing, anointing with oil, and sacrificing. We saw God's acceptance of Aaron's sacrifice and the tabernacle become, quote, open for business. It is open if for you business. Will. Um, we saw very shortly after being ordained, Aaron's sons Nadab and Abihu die. Oh, yeah. Um, basically for not taking their office and God's holiness seriously. Um, Aaron did as instructed by God, including not mourning, and he was accepted by him. Him as in God. Him and, as, and Moses. Yes. Yeah. Same day they were ordained. They just charred. Yeah. Charred. Literally. If you want to know why, listen into the last episode. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a jaw dropper. She says R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, God was like, no, they're not piecing. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They're in pieces. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Anyway, oh, that's bad. That's okay. terrible. Rest their souls. In chapter 11 and 12, in 11, we're going to be talking about clean and unclean animals. So this is the dietary restrictions, dietary laws that God is giving to the Israelite people. And then in 12, we're going to be talking about purification after childbirth. We sure are. Um, Which is a whole topic. So yes. hopefully there's a lot to talk about. This episode might be a little shorter. A little shorter. We Maybe. always say that, but we then, say that and then two, it's hours two hours later. later. <laughs> <laughs> so why, whenever we said that, did our literal voice waves match exactly? You know, that's the same line, right? No. Yeah. Because when I talk and then you talk, you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So starting in chapter 11, um, this... One, one. One, one. This one's kind of broken apart, kind of like chapter eight was, um, except it's not in seven pieces. It's in like, I don't know, five. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so we're going to go through and read each section and talk about them. They're basically split up based on the type of animal that you mm-hmm. could or could not eat. Mm-hmm. So in 11, at the beginning, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, These are the living things that you may eat among all the animals that are on the earth. Whatever parts the hoof and is cloven-footed and chews the cud among the animals you may eat. Nevertheless, among those that chew the cud or part the hoof, you shall not eat these. The camel, because it chews the cud but does not part the hoof, it is unclean to you. And the rock badger, because it chews the cud but does not part the hoof, is unclean to you. And the hare, because it chews the cud but it does not part the hoof, is unclean to you. And the pig, because it parts the hoof and is cloven-footed but does not chew the cud, it is unclean to you. You shall not eat any of their flesh, and you shall not touch their carcasses. They are unclean to you. They are. So this is the land-dwelling animals, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back to the first verse. Or actually, I guess it's the second verse. No, it's the first one. And the Lord spoke to Moses Ooh. and Aaron, saying to them, Yes, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. Mm-hmm. This is the first time, I think, that yes, we're seeing God directly speak to them both. both. Um, and it represents both the government and the priesthood. The government, obviously, yep, with Moses. Moses. That and then sense. the priesthood yes. being Aaron. So if you remember back at the beginning or around the middle of Exodus, Moses was having a really hard time being the judge of all people, mm-hmm. and he had to delegate that. So yeah. if you think about it, he's kind of like the Supreme Court justice, you know? Like yeah. He's, he's the government head yes. of the people. He's Whereas, in charge. 
He's the Aaron leader. Is, is the priest. The leader of the people, whereas Aaron, like you said, is, is the, the high religious priest. leader yeah. of the He's people. the... Is he now the mediator the between religious God mediator. and the people? Yeah, and I feel like like government and the priesthood are very much intertwined because the the Israelite people focus on God as their leader. Yeah, because so they're like being governed by God. By God, exactly. So it's kind of difficult to separate them out into kind of like church and state. Yeah. Like we have it now, mm-hmm. but it's basically different but yeah. the same <laughs> it's like going to, it's like going to christian school it's the same there you go learning with god there you go so we have the first kind of dietary you know whatever whatever parts the hoof and is cloven footed and chews the cud so it's that word and that really distinguishes what types of animals that are clean for them they have to have cloven feet they have to have two toes of cloven feet and they also have to chew the cud mm-hmm. so a like a horse would be unclean because they don't have two toes. They just have a cloven foot mm-hmm. and they don't chew the cud. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a cow chews the cud, has two feet and yes. it's cloven footed. Mm-hmm. They can eat They can cow. eat cow. Yes. So um, <laughs> I actually had to look up the camel. It says the camel is unclean. And I was like, they can eat camels. <laughs> like, I don't know why it didn't register for me, but I was like, camels have pads like dogs. Yes. Did you know that? I did. Like How do paws. They like, it's yes. like they have paws. It's gross. It's weird. But think about it. Like where typically like what type of sand? Yeah. So why would they need a hard I guess like, it needs to be flexible mm-hmm. to like grip. Yeah. Practicality, I guess. That's insane. Could gross. you that would be so weird. Camel with hooves. By the way, don't Google camel toe. Because you will not <laughs> you will No, not. did you do that? Maybe. Um no. <laughs> You will not get the results you are looking for. <laughs> oh, that's great. It didn't, it didn't dawn on me until I saw the pictures and I was like, oh, I deserve that. <laughs> oh, yes. Lovely. That's funny. <laughs> A little humor for your Monday morning, afternoon, uh, day, whatever day Evening, whatever time it is. <laughs> that's funny. Do you know what a rock badger is? I had to look them up and they are so freaking cute. <laughs> they are so cute. You wouldn't want to eat it anyway. No. Oh, poor babies. He ca- What does he look like? Like a capybara. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. And they have like raccoon feet. <laughs> like little hands. Like little hands. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Like little paw hands. <laughs> They're so cute. Yeah. Um, I did want to say I found some things on like what people now i guess are i shouldn't say what people now but like some parallels that people can make in their lives to why cud and like why hoof okay so before we get into the parallels i i did a little bit of research on like it's fine i'll go second cud is before we get into like the parallels of the cud let's actually talk about what it is the saying the word cud is just like i don't like it yeah okay it reminds me of that show but it's the cut, not the cud. What show am I talking about? I'm not um, really sure. It was supposed to be based off of North Carolina's coast, but they filmed it in South Carolina. It was, um, there was treasure hunting stuff. Outer Banks. Oh, gosh. Okay. Thank you. That show, Outer Banks. It was on Netflix for a while. Oh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I never watch it, but I know I've, I it's saw the It's kind of thumbnails. cringe, but it was, it was okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so the cud. <laughs> I googled it because I was like, "What is cud?" Because at first I was just thinking, "Okay, any Did you animal." Google image search it. No, um, I learned <laughs> my lesson with after the camel toe. 
<laughs> anyway, so I Google searched it and because I, I just thought it was animals who ate grass, like who chewed on grass. Like that's what I thought cud was. No, it said it was partially digested food returned from the first stomach of ruminants to the mouth for further chewing. So then I had to look up the word ruminants because I didn't know what that means. It says an even toed undulate mammal that chews the cud regurgitated from its rumen. The ruminants comprise cattle, sheep, antelopes, deer, giraffes, and their relatives. And then basically I looked up what a rumen was. Like we went down a whole rabbit hole of Google search. And it's the first stomach of animals with multiple stomachs. Can I just say this is where I'm learning. I really am from the country because like this was one of the first things I ever remember learning in elementary school. What? About cows and their two stomachs and how I like cows had four stomachs. I'm pretty sure cows have four stomachs. Hold on. I don't have my phone. I don't remember. That's like one of the first things I remember learning. And like how, yeah, mm-hmm. like they shove this like big giant magnet. They have to swallow this giant magnet. Why? Uh, because they eat crap from the field. And if it's metal, the, the magnet will attract it to the magnet and it'll stay in its stomach. That way it doesn't pass through their organs and rip them to shreds. Oh, why is there metal in your fields? Um... People throw trash and stuff out, like aluminum mm, foil. Yeah. Cows technically have one stomach, but it has four distinct compartments. Yeah, like sections. Like four sections. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, I remember- The rumen like, being the first part. <laughs> I remember this being like one of the very first things, like first grade. Mm-hmm. Like- mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, cut is basically regurgitated food. Um, the ruminant is a type of animal, which I thought the definition of ruminant was kind of funny because it's an even toed undulate animal. Like it's, they have two toes and they have a, a rumen that they can regurgitate the cud oh, back up clever. from. Like it's basically Original. like what God is telling them that they're able to eat yeah. other than the cloven foot thing. So I don't know if there is any two toed or, or two more than one stomach that has a rumen that chews the cud animal out there, but... Interesting. I don't know if they would be considered a ruminant, but technically the Israelite people could have eaten a giraffe. They could have. Mm. Yeah. They weren't native to their area, but <laughs> anyway. Native to their area. Yes. So that was what I found about the cud and the ruminants and all the nastiness that comes along with that. I mean, regurgitated food, like I don't get it. Why do they regurgitate the food? Why do they regurgitate? Yeah, it? like do they get so, more nutrients? Yeah, oh, okay. it's for double nutrients. Oh, it's like, like so you can get like okay, you've got all for the first time, and then like oh, try you again. send it to the first rumen, like yeah, the first stomach, and it digests absorbs, it a little bit more. Yeah, whatever, and, and then you and yeah, and you can get a little more. I get yeah. <laughs> I just I don't want to think like it's making me think about the grass that my dog eats and throws up. Ew, I don't. Yeah. Want, anyway, so let's go to the parallels. What parallels did you find? Um, parallels. So for the cud, I got, you know, you chew it twice. And so it's not something you would typically visually see. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Uh it's kind of quiet, quote unquote. Um, So you don't pass by cows and they're like, oh, yeah. Like, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, it's not something like (laughs) they're not announcing that they're regurgitating for, you know. Um, And so it's kind of like, you know, anything quiet spiritually or anything that's like in your heart, like Mm -hmm. you're quiet about it. You're thinking about what you're doing, you know, that type of thing. I mean, it's kind of like rereading the Bible. Yeah. 
Like you can read it once and get great things out of it. You can read it again, get completely different things. Yes, exactly. And it's yes. And so you're doing it, but it's kind of like an internal thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas like when you're thinking about the hoof, I guess that is supposed to be or people think of it as more of a representation of like outward outwardly god acts Mm -hmm. like justice and like charity and like you know Mm -hmm. that type of thing and then so when you think about it like what is one without the other like if you're you know so spiritual and love god so much internally like if that's the case you're going to want to share it and do things for other people so then that outward of like you know doing or like i think of it in terms of like because it's the hoof it's the foot Mm -hmm. so i'm like moving and like doing Mm -hmm. whereas like to thinking about the opposite way why or think about a person who outwardly does good but is just you know what i mean yeah who like shows up for the appearance of it but really inside is not Mm -hmm. where they should be well because that goes against it really goes against how like god is supposed to be changing his people so you have an internal change before you have an outward obedience exactly like and so exact word (laughs) so like you can't really have an outward obedience without that internal change yeah and vice versa too part of the reason that we talked about the four before is like the rituals and everything you know because also working hand in hand with the inward works with the outward the outward works with the inward as well you know what i mean yeah yeah so that was the land dwelling animals i do like how they were very clear on how what they were allowed to eat it's basically one sentence whatever parts the hoof and is cloven footed and choose to cut among the animals you may eat and then we go on for several verses explaining things that you wouldn't eat yes like they were very clear on what you can eat but then he gave you multiple examples of what you couldn't eat so it was no, there was no room for error. There was nothing yes. left to the wayside. And I have, I don't know if you want me to do this at the end, which is kind of why I'm putting my mouth away from the microphone, about like part of the reason too why he's giving them more so instructions on what they can't do. He is in God because he's also trying to build like moral discernment in them. Like you can't do this. So he's not giving you a list of what you can do. So based off what you can't do, you need to discern and determine what you can do that would be approved by God. Yeah. Yeah. Now that makes complete sense. Complete sense. <laughs> so do we have anything else on land dwelling animals? There's a whole list of things. And I like, okay, so all of the animals that they can eat, people nowadays call kosher. Which yeah. is just kind of like genuine. Like, is it the genuine article? Because I, I don't know. Yeah. And it has like to do legal. also with the way that it's butchered as well. Like the blood, like how the blood is removed. And, Does it? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Which is a large part of why, like, what's the word? Like current Jewish people, like they can only eat things that are kosher. Mm-hmm. Because I remember the, was... the life source of uh, the life source or whatever is the animal. It all belongs to God, and so you can't consume blood. And so they just have to make sure that they don't consume the blood. Yeah, but I didn't know they had to have it butchered a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, interesting. I'm pretty I sure. Didn't know that. No, I'm going to Google it to be certain, but I'm almost positive that's what it is. Interesting. I mean, I completely. I mean, I get it. So, um, are we moving on to the water? Yeah, I don't have anything else. Okay. So. In verse 9, it says, These you may eat, all of that are in the waters, 
Everything in the waters that has fins and scales, whether it's in the seas or in the rivers, you may eat. But anything in the seas or the rivers that does not have fins and scales of the swarming creatures in the waters and of the living creatures that are in the waters, it is detestable to you. You shall regard them as detestable. You shall not eat any of their flesh and you shall detest their carcasses. Everything in the waters that does not have fins and scales is detestable to you. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Fins and scales. That's all you got to look for. That's all you can have. So that includes freshwater and saltwater things that have fins and scales. So you can't eat a dolphin. You can't go out and freaking, you know, Moby Dick a whale. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Harpoon. Right. (laughs) You can't have squid or like eel or even crabs, shrimp. Lobster. Lobster. Oysters. Scallops. Prawns. Dang. They really missed out on the seafood. They did. Crab is the best. Uh, Scallops. But at the same time, I mean, like, I feel a lot of people are allergic to shellfish. So, like, it's probably a protective layer, too, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... And then a lot of a lot of sea creatures can be poisonous. I was going to say that poisonous and uh, to I don't know. I guess this applies to fish as well, but like different like levels of stuff in the water mm-hmm. as far as like mercury and oh yeah that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, tuna tuna has scales, don't they? they I think fish. so. They have a high mercury count though, don't they? Tuna. I think so. Yeah, you just have to be careful where. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at me saying I think so. I really have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> So basically, in freshwater, they couldn't eat like catfish. Catfish don't have scales. Oh yeah, they're, they're very just slimy. slimy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, they couldn't. They couldn't also have sharks. Sharks are they don't have scales. No, they don't. Mm. Hmm. But also too, I know we talked about this earlier. I think that like a lot of those things, like crust, like the crustaceans, like lobsters and scallops, and even catfish, like they're bottom feeders. Yeah, they filter out a lot of things mm-hmm. that's what makes them up really and then crabs crabs are kind of bottom feeders too mm-hmm. they'll eat carcasses mm-hmm. 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 there it is sharks eat carcasses yeah what a fish eat depends yeah different. bass bass like regular like they they like bugs. Bait. yeah they like bugs bugs and like little small fish yeah like minnows mm-hmm. i think there's some fish that like that too bass. you go fly fishing yeah, it depends on what you're bug, looking for. Trout, you know? trout like fly fishing. Yeah, what a is, lot of stuff a, they could eat. What does salmon eat? Salmon, I don't know, because they're big. They're big boys. Yeah, aren't they just saltwater? I mean, salmon. Oh, I'm it, sure. No, no, because they live in like streams and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, not a fishing person. Yeah, no. Sorry, no. <laughs> I no. I did have a question though, and I I answered it without having to look up anything. I was like, oh no, I don't have an answer prepared. Um, so it's a really stupid question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. I know the answer to it and you, you probably know the answer to it, but why was fish not considered in the sacrifices? Yeah, no, I don't know the answer to that. It was not even something that crossed my mind if I'm going to be Plus, honest with you, but now that you said it, I want to know. What? Why was why? fish not considered in the sacrifices? Yeah. Because the sacrifices, they had to be their own. Mm-hmm. Like you had to own them and you're that not going to see. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just like walking around with a bag of fish. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the plastic bags you used to get at Walmart right? with the fish. No, not in the desert. <laughs> yeah. No, we're going to have some catfish farming over here. Like they're nomads. Like you, mm-hmm. you can't, yeah, you can't raise you can. fish. Also, was the fish that Jesus gave the 5,000, fed the 5,000 with, do you think that was fins and scales? Mm, I don't think he it was mattered. Jewish. I know it didn't matter, but like. I'm sure that it was. Right? Probably because think about how calm and fish 
especially if like other people around because remember how upset people were because he wasn't following the law mm-hmm. i'm sure that it was and he did the whole thing with the demon and the pig yep pigs mm-hmm. off the mm-hmm. cliff so i bet you mm-hmm. it probably was because he wasn't considered a gentile he was considered jewish he was jewish and think about like the people surrounding like i said you know because people were that's why like he the pharisees and stuff didn't like yeah. him yeah because he didn't follow the mosaic law or whatever and i'm to sure the that they thought yeah, they were and i'm sure for. the people like it's not like he, we don't have anything that says these fish are not scaled but it's okay for you to eat them like he didn't announce that so i'm assuming like with all the people that were there like mm-hmm. i'm sure that there were going to people be people who would not who would have refused to partake if it wasn't of the law true so i bet it was he did have a lot of jewish followers did now i'm getting really hungry for fish and chips ah flounder you couldn't have flounder no you couldn't bottom feeder yeah but they're really easy to kill yeah but they're a bottom feeder yes oh i'm hungry yes for some fish fry did you know in england fish and chips like the chippies that where you would get like English fish and chips yes. are actual like Asian restaurants. They're like the Asian China one down the street. Really? Yeah. That's the only way to see sell fish oh and chips. Oh my goodness. I know. Why? I don't know. That's really interesting. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. So oh. um, for our listeners, my husband's English and he took me over to meet his family like 10 years ago. I was like, I want fish and chips. And then, and then we rolled up to this freaking rinky dink Chinese restaurant. And I was like why are we getting fish from a chinese restaurant right. like they can't they can't make french fries i mean it was good though they did have french fries like like they, they call yeah. them chippies but like that's it's a it's an Asian yeah. restaurant mm-hmm. interesting <laughs> and Inter- you learn something new every day this is why you listen to the podcast <laughs> nothing to do with sacrifices no and fish but i would and- really like some fried fish now a fried fish mm-hmm. i don't get fish from around here it's, we're nowhere near the coast yeah no anyway I don't very often Mm-mm. unless my husband makes it even then salmon mm. okay moving really? on <laughs> 13 <laughs> 13 through 19 we're looking at birds now um <coughs> and these you shall detest among the birds they shall not be eaten they are detestable the eagle the bearded vulture the black vulture the kite the falcon of any kind every raven of any kind the ostrich the night hawk the seagull the hawk of any kind the little owl the cum cormorant the short-eared owl the barn owl the tawny owl the carrion vulture the stork the heron of any kind the hoopoe and the bat the hoopoe Hoopoe. i did have to look up what these birds look like number one yes number two i do want to say that only 20 bird kinds were named and like he didn't really say what types of birds you could eat that's what i'm saying also therein lies like the discernment the discernment yeah that he's trying to instill as chicken well. is not up there no just saying Do chickens live in the desert i don't know i feel like chickens can live anywhere yeah they're pretty hardy hardy creatures yeah i don't know um all of the birds that i noticed they are like predators mm-hmm. or like scavengers yeah. or like lurking nighttime birds. I think bats is also in there. Did I say the bat? Yeah. Which is a carrier of what? AIDS. Can be. A oh. carrier of rabies. Rabies. <laughs> in my head, I'm going, can they? I didn't know that. <laughs> well, they drink blood, don't they? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, my Bible has a footnote that says many of the birds uh, that are named in the original Hebrew text are unknown because like we don't we don't know what they are. We don't know what they Probably are. Probably pterodactyls if we're being real. 
I thought about that. I was like, like do you there's got to be dinosaurs? some type of at this. Well, I don't know. We're pretty no, far we're out pretty from out the from flood, flood now. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All I'm saying is Noah definitely saw dinosaurs. Oh, without, he had dinosaurs on the ark. I know. Baby ones. Baby ones. Baby dinosaurs, if you will. He stole some eggs. Um, From the nest. Sure did. Nice and fresh. So the the meaning of, of any kind, the after its kind, we're going to see a lot of the after its kind in the upcoming verses. It just means all of the variants of the same species. Yeah. So like any hawk after its have. kind. Yeah, it doesn't all matter what kind of specific hawk it is. Like, no. It doesn't have but to be it's just hawk, the red tail hawk. Don't like, touch just it. A hawk. Don't eat it. Right. It's a no for you. Right. Like, don't Hawks touch it. also like to steal little children and dogs Puppies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little dogs yes. i saw a video of an eagle coming down Ugh. and like snatching up a How? child like a child like a whole person like a whole mini person and like flew off like 30 feet in the air what happened to the child i mean the, the eagle dropped it it's dead it's not dead i think the parent caught it but like it was like what Scary. is happening i remember my parents have hawks all over the place because they have um squirrels mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of the pecan trees yeah that's pecan for you southerners I know, you just gave away where you're from um and yeah, willow southern. my parents dog uh-huh. she is a silver lab so when we got her she was this itty bitty tiny little gray ball of fluff that looked like <laughs> a squirrel so the rule was that she was not allowed outside by herself unattended yeah for the longest time and on a leash for the longest time because they would have swooped down and taken her well other animals um and i know this firsthand because my we had to leave our apartment um when we first moved in for it to be fumigated because the people who lived there before us had bugs so we called them the fumigation people and we had to leave for a couple of hours i have a cat and a dog and we went to the park that was nearby and i put my cat on a leash which he's been outside before and he does fine on a leash but um he's from the streets he, he is from the streets he's a street cat um but <laughs> he there was a hawk's nest up on like we went to like a softball field and you know how they have like the big lights at the oh softball yeah there's mm-hmm. a hawk's nest up on the light thing for the softball field and there was a hawk sitting in it or like some bird of really big a kind. large a, a large, large predatorial bird. bird yes a pterodactyl and i brought a bag with me to put like my dog's water in yeah. and like all of our stuff because we had to be out for a couple of hours and my cat literally would not come out of the bag he was never in the bag to begin with <laughs> i've carried him to the park but he literally crawled into the bag and just kept like Aww. meowing and looking up at like the Poor hawk. kitty he was, was like scared Sidon, you are 20 pounds like this <laughs> hawk is not about to come and grab <laughs> you <laughs> uh, it's not like he could run away yeah. either <laughs> He like crouched and like you're you're really you're fighting with the hawk because you have the leash and the hawk has the cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Bad. Oh, so yeah, my cat also is terrified of hawks, so just don't eat them. Yeah, I have something interesting too that I saw when I was researching. Is is that some of the what is believed? Again, this is none of this is certain. This is all hypothesized and been yeah. debated. Mm-hmm. But some of the things that they believe, some of the reason that some of these animals were excluded, and I'm saying animals because it mentions pigs. Um, nothing about fish though. Um, but anyways, it's because they were animals that were considered to be sacred or sacrificed to the pagan cultures around them and the pagan mm-hmm. nations around them to their gods. Yeah, like it says, this is from Blue Letter Bible. It says the slime 
the swine with the later Gentiles of sacred Venus, the owl to, I'm not even going to pronounce their names correctly and I don't care because they're <laughs> fake. Um, the owl to Minerva, the eagle to Jupiter, the dog to Hectate, etc. I remember reading that. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Like I said, none of it's for sure and it doesn't, yeah. you know. I have a whole thing and we'll get to the reasoning why we have all of these dietary restrictions and yes. like maybe possible theories of why but yeah yeah that is one of them definitely so verse 20 through 23 is talking about insects which you wouldn't think would be part of our cuisine but here we go and a lot of other cultures they are i know they're a delicacy in a lot of other cultures yes actually mm. I mean, if you want some cicadas, no. come get them. Right, please. They're freaking everywhere. Mm-mm. Okay. All winged insects that go on all fours are detestable to you. Yet among winged insects that go on all fours, you may eat those that have jointed legs above their feet with which to hop on the ground. Of them, you may eat the locust of any kind, the bald... Bald? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bald locust of any kind, the cricket of any kind, and the grasshopper of any kind. But all other winged insects that have four feet are detestable to you. You could have insects. You could. So you couldn't eat ants. Nope. Or like worms. Mm-mm. Uh, locust, cricket, and grasshoppers. Or what you could have. Mind yes. you, their locusts were huge. The locusts here are huge. They're huge. They're like this big. I remember in one of the books by Lee Strobel. I don't know if you read this one. I think it's the case for Grace. I think I have it. He, there's this, you know, he talks to all these people and they tell them, you know, basically their testimonies and like their story and everything. And it's talking about this, this young lady who, when she was a child, I believe was somewhere overseas and talks about how like she had nowhere, like she was living nowhere. Like her uncle took her to a train station and dropped her off. That's terrible. Like, good luck, good riddance, toodaloo. Um, like no food or anything. And she, oh, I always think of this when I hear locusts. Well, I think of two things. This is one of them. Um, is, is that she would catch them and they were big enough that she had a string that she tied around her waist and would loop them through, like, poke them through their head and tie them around her around her waist. And, like, that's what she would eat. Wow. I don't think I could do that. I just don't know. I mean, I guess if I were desperate enough, I, just, I would never drop my child off at a... Tr- but anyways. I don't think not I could do this. that. No. And who else do we know that ate locusts? Our favorite eccentric. Mm-hmm. John the Baptist. He sure did. Locusts and honey. He sure did. Wild locusts and honey. As he was living in the woods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just bugs of any kind. Not for me. I mean, in- I understand that that I'm glad that I live in a culture where I guess if you're brought up in that culture too, like it's not. Oh. Yeah, I mean, a but lot of people don't like um crawdads. I don't know that I've ever had a crawdad. Or crayfish, crayfish or whatever is what I call them. Once. The same thing, crayfish, crawdads, crawfish. Freshwater shrimp. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Delicacy. Anyway, um, beetles, locusts, and grasshoppers are eaten regularly by the Israeli people, actually. Beetles. Uh-huh. They were not only eaten when they were in desperate situations, but they were actually thought of as a delicacy. Do you like mush them up? Do you like eat them whole? I mean, every like, time you, you say that, thing? I think of like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory of like the Oompa Loompas, like mushing the oh, caterpillars. Yeah. So let's not say mush them. Do you make them there into is, some type of paste? There is a store that's around here that sells beef jerky and they sell candy with 
bugs in them. Yeah, I've seen that. I've also like seen and they're in very too. common like up in the mountains. Too. Yeah, I've seen like chocolate covered grasshoppers. Uh-huh. And, like I've never partook. I don't no. know that I ever could. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't. I can't picture when myself. When I say I would like to live off the grid, I don't want to live that off the grid. No. And I feel like that's desperate. Like, I just... If I had to, I would. I don't think I could. Not by choice. Yes. If you were going to die, if you had the choice to eat a grasshopper or die... Hello, Jesus. It is I, your child. <laughs> I have come. <laughs> I can't. Escort me, please. I can't. <laughs> Do you have do you have bread where you're from? <laughs> I would forage before I ate a freaking bug. Yeah. I'd eat some pecan nuts. Go to they're, the yard. they're abundant. Pancakes. I've seen people eat tree bark. There's a lot of things you can forage. Because remember, before the flood, you could only eat vegetation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until after the flood I mean, you that be God around gave permission. But there's a lot of things you can eat. I feel like there's a lot of conversation happening in this in the span of two minutes, and there's only two of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Let's get back on track. Insects, we're not eating and them. We were worried the- about not having enough time. <laughs> right? Insects, we're not eating them, but the Israelites did. Okay, let's move on. Yes, a cultural thing. <laughs> cultural thing. It's still done today, and it's still a delicacy in many countries. Not dissing it, just not for me. No. I also went down a rabbit hole last night about other countries mm-hmm. and their their cuisine, which also led me down a path of, okay, well, we can read the Bible, but other countries, you know, what other countries can read the Bible. Did you know there's over 70 countries in the entire world where owning a Bible is punishable by death it's scary it is so scary how sad is that it is so scary you know i hope these other countries the people in these other countries who are are open to christ and open to wanting to hear the gospels and are willing to risk their lives to do so a i pray for them every single day b i hope that our podcast allergic to grace they think of it like the the man thinks of it and sees it as like, okay, well, this is definitely not about God and Christ and all yeah. this stuff. And then they let it pass. And With I hope the giant they get cross it. on the cover. Right. I don't care. Right. I yeah. hope they get it. It reaches somebody who's <laughs> going to be able to share with them or them. Yes. That- yeah. There's a lot of organizations that like smuggle Bibles into yes. these countries. Yeah. Those and like to pray for those missionaries because that is so dangerous. I can't. It's uh, so dangerous. It's so sad. Okay. Anyway. It is. Anyway, I would also like to say I'm not hungry for fish and chips anymore. Oh, good. Why the insect? The turn bug you off? paste. The bug paste. I, gonna pass on the some chocolate. Gonna pass on the bug pesto. <laughs> Nasty. Okay. <laughs> no thanks. Please come skim my pool. All right. On to verse twenty-four through twenty-eight. We're talking about the carcasses of unclean animals. It says, and by these you shall become unclean. Whoever touches their carcasses shall be unclean until evening. And whoever carries any part of their carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. Every animal that parts the hoof but is not cloven-footed or does not chew the cud is unclean to you. Everyone who touches them shall be unclean and all that walk on their paws among the animals that go on all fours are unclean to you. Whoever touches their carcasses shall be unclean until the evening and he who carries their carcasses shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. They are unclean to you. So the unclean versus clean, I feel like we should talk about because it's going to be talked about a lot. Yeah. Um, Being clean just means being fit for God's presence. Yes. And being unclean is obviously the exact opposite of that, being unfit for God's presence. Yeah. So all of these animals 
that they're saying that they are unclean to you. They're not allowed to eat them. They're also not allowed to sacrifice with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not allowed to have like their carcasses around, which also make them in a state of uncleanness and in, in that they have to make sacrifices in order to get back into God or wait a certain amount of time yeah. or do a certain number Correct. of things like wash their clothes, mm-hmm. you know? So that's what they're talking about when it's talking about the uncleanness. Now, when it says everything that walks on all fours, if you touch it, you're dead or <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> straight to jail, going straight to jail, charging too much There's for sweaters, sweaters, straight, straight to, to jail. jail. <laughs> no, you're not dead. Uh, you're unclean. Um, it's not talking like if you have a dog, it's not talking about if you pet your dog, you're unclean. No, it's talking about if you touch their dead bodies, you're unclean. Mm-hmm. And if you consume them, you're unclean. But you can be around these unclean, quote unquote, unclean animals and not be in a state of uncleanness. Yeah. And I also have something to say <laughs> about the whole like death and carcasses thing. You're because, <laughs> um, because, you know, death was a result of the fall and the fall was a result of sin therefore death is a result of sin sin is unclean god can't like we said anything that is not holy holy can be in the presence cannot be in in his presence right so if you touch something Mm -hmm. that is dead which is then death is a result of sin thus it's tainted and defiled Mm -hmm. uh you're also mm-hmm. it, which it, i just it, thought that's kind of why because i'm like what does it matter it's but when you link together death and sin mm-hmm. you know yep. it makes a lot more sense it does enduring word said something interesting and i was like oh that's a great point it says whoever touches the carcasses of any of them shall be unclean until evening unclean animals when dead couldn't just be left in the community to rot they had to be disposed of yes but the people who disposed of the unclean animals had to deal with uh, their uncleanness by washing and a brief time or a brief quarantine says this meant that if a dead rat was found in an Israelite village, it would be carefully and promptly disposed of. And the one disposing of it would wash afterwards. This practice would help prevent disease in a significant way. When the bubonic plague, the black death killed one quarter of Europe's population in the 1300s, many Jewish communities were largely spared because they followed hygienic regulations. Sadly, because these Jewish communities were often spared the high death count from the, from the plague, they were many times accused and punished for having caused the plague. That is really interesting. It makes a lot of sense. Doesn't it? Makes a lot of physical sense. I bet you they weren't God. spared from mad cow. Because think about okay. it, right? <laughs> because like, think about like as, as soon as something dies, it immediately, whether you can see it or not, it immediately begins to decompose. Yep. And anything that's alive has some type of bacteria and virus on it. Well, we'll get to it. But there's, so, a, there's a really good reason why the Jewish people and why the Israelite people want to keep their households clean. And we'll get to it in the next couple of verses but like there's a reason why they don't have any dead animals in their house Mm -hmm. or why they wouldn't want rodents or anything else in their house yes um so it it makes a lot of sense i don't know what you're talking about yeah we're gonna we're gonna find out yeah we're gonna find out i had something else to say about that too oh until the evening Mm -hmm. um i just wanted to say also that the israelites considered sundown the beginning of the next day yes so that's just kind of where that you're basically unclean until, until the next evening. Day. Yeah. yeah. Until t- tomorrow. The next basically. day. Yeah. So, um, whoever carries blah, blah, blah. It says until evening. This shows that the ceremonial uncleanness was not the same as being in a state of sin. 
No sacrifice was required to remedy the condition of ceremonial uncleanness. It was a Mm -hmm. state of ceremonial impurity Mm -hmm. that needed to be addressed with quarantine and washing. I'm also picturing a brigade similar to the fire brigade. Somebody call them. We have a dead mouse. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Like, think about it. Like, would you like, did they have people that like that was their job? Like, because you had, so you had to know you were going to become unclean. And so again, like you said, there were certain things that you had to do to get clean again. You had to be. I don't think it was anybody's sole job because then they would never be able to. I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't think it was anybody's sole job because they would never be able to come into the presence of God yes i yes you know like mm-hmm. if they did on that that on a daily basis yeah they'd be unclean until evening but they would just go back and do it in the in the, the next day the next day yeah unless you did it in shifts i guess but i don't know i was just saying like so 29 yes 29 through 31 and these are unclean to you among the swarming things that swarm on the ground the mole rat the mouse the great lizards of any kind <laughs> the gecko the monitor lizard hmm I don't know what that is. The the lizard, lizard the sand lizard, and the chameleon. These are no un- lizards. That's a chameleon, right? Uh-huh. Okay. These are <laughs> these are un- it looks weird. Come on, come on, come on, it's come on, spelled come on, weird. These are unclean to you among all that swarm. Whoever touches them when they are dead shall be unclean until evening, and anything on which any of them falls when they are dead shall be unclean. Whether it is an article of wood or a garment or a skin or a sack, any article that is used for any purpose. It must be put into water and it shall be unclean until evening and then it shall be clean. And if any of them falls onto any earthenware vessel, all that is in it shall be unclean and you shall break it. Any food in it that can be eaten on which water comes shall be unclean and all drink that could be drunk from every such vessel shall be unclean and everything on which any part of their carcass falls shall be unclean whether oven or stove it shall be broken in pieces they are unclean and shall remain unclean for you. Nevertheless, a spring or a cistern holding water shall be clean, but whoever touches a carcass in them shall be unclean. And if any part of their carcass falls on upon any seed grain that is to be sown, it is clean. But if water is put on the seed and any part of their carcass falls on it, it is unclean to you. A lot. Do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's it's. They have, they have a lot of good reasons yes. to keep their spaces clean and free of pests. Because if it, if a mouse were to fall in your stove, you have to throw out your stove. Yeah. Your entire stove. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Smash it, it. Smash it. Like if, if it falls into a bowl, smash the smash bowl. Smash it. Like, you know, it's... You were going to eat that? No, you weren't. Smash it. Food has to be thrown out. Like nobody wants to waste. So like, it's hygienics, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, the Springer cistern, I feel like if a dead thing falls into it, I feel like it's because it's fresh water that's constantly like flowing oh yeah that makes sense that it would yeah yeah but if you touch the carcass you're unclean even if it is an old springer cistern so whoever pulls the dead body out of the springer cistern yeah needs to, needs, needs to, be to bathe bathe and and wait till sundown to be clean again yeah. did you know that because of this too uh, they started practicing of like putting cloths over their jars so that like things couldn't land and get inside of like the water or like the food and stuff interesting that's why like i was listening again Wouldn't it still fall into it though no because you have a cloth like a picture like a like a i know you've seen pictures of it where like just like a cheese cloth over the top of like a 
uh-huh. like a jar of water because then like bugs and like think a lizard's not going to fall through that. Lizard's going to fall on top of the cloth. Yeah, but is and it like you just held by something and it doesn't just, like fall I would, in? Yeah, I would imagine oh, okay. it's like cloth over then like tied over. Yeah. Because then you would still be able to pour your water mm-hmm. Interesting. Out. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why you like to... I don't remember where, and I heard this reference in it was a lecture series I was listening to, like when Jesus is talking about the Pharisees, yeah, about how like letting a gnat bother them or whatever, because like if a gnat got in your water, mm. straight to jail, gross, unclean. So oh my gosh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like the bug, like you had to. Bugs. That's why they put the like cloth over it, so then like things weren't flying into it. You know what I mean? Think about Would when you have, have like a can it? of soda or something. Yeah. For a bug? For a bug. She's unclean, honey. Oh, no. That's why we're putting cloth around and we tying that on there because ain't nothing getting in there. No. But what about on your stove? Like a regular bug? I don't know about a bug on the stove. Like I can see a rat's body, but like. But think about it. I don't know. How do they keep Where the discernment comes in. This is where the discernment comes in. How do they keep out flies? clean doors, screen doors. For their tents. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They have screen doors on their tents. (laughs) (laughs) Come on in, honey. (laughs) Mosquito net. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) that's a rabbit hole for another time. But seriously, like the mosquito net, the idea of that had to come from somewhere. I don't think people realize how much of everything is biblically or faith based. Yep. Uh, 39 says, and if any animal which you may eat dies, whoever touches its carcass shall be unclean until evening, and whoever eats of its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. And whoever carries the carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Wait, and if any animal which you may eat dies, whoever... Okay, so they're unclean even if they do eat the clean animals? So, so if an animal that, like, you're allowed to eat, if it dies... So like, like if you have a cow, yeah. So like, like if you have a you cow, yeah. So like if you're going out to the field to check, I don't know. Like I mean, I don't know. Is a cow an improved animal? Yes. So if you're going out and like you have a herd of cattle and there's one dead in the field, I see. Because that you're not it, killing to eat for food. Correct. It died of natural causes okay. or of something else. Maybe yeah. it was attacked by yeah. some type of. Yeah. Then it's the same as if it was an unclean animal. Carcass. Yes. Okay. Pretty much. That makes sense. Yeah. And you can't like, and first of all, too, like protection again, like you don't know why it died. Why are you going to eat it? Well, I mean, it says, and whoever eats of its carcass is going to be unclean also. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could eat be it. Ill. I mean, would you? If meat was limited. If it was limited. But is it? Though? And it couldn't. And the it... Lord shall provide. But anyway. Every swarming thing. <laughs> I mean, if it was very clear, I guess that it was attacked and didn't die of like some type of disease. Right. But anyway, every swarming thing that swarms on the ground is detestable and it shall not shall not be eaten. Whatever goes on its belly and whatever Mm -hmm. goes on all fours or whatever has many feet and any swarming thing that swarms on the ground, you shall not eat for they are detestable. You shall not make yourselves detestable with any swarming things that swarms. And you shall not defile yourselves with them and become unclean through them. For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming things that crawls on the ground. For I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. This is a law about the beast and the bird and every living creature that moves through the waters and every creature that swarms on the ground to make a distinction between the clean and the unclean and between the living creature that may be eaten and the living creature that may not be eaten. That was the end of 11. So we have at the very end of the chapter kind of our reasoning for why God is setting forth these dietary laws for the people of Israel. Correct. 
And one of the reasons why he's setting forth these laws is because it's part of Aaron and the priest's job to teach the Israelite people what is clean and what is unclean. Correct. As it was stated in the previous chapter. Correct. Right? Is it in 10? Yeah. I think it's in 10. I think so. Yeah. 10 or one of them. Yes. You're like, they're in supposed the to episode. teach them. Yeah. Yeah. They're supposed yeah. to teach it's them. It's just part of their office, part of their jobs, their yeah. duties. And I feel like a lot of the reason by behind why God said, do, you know, these animals and not these animals, these animals are clean to you, not these animals are unclean to you has dietary has hygiene has a lot of different reasons why he would be putting forth these rules and regulations but it's long been debated amongst people like it's long been debated yeah, because of why there they do is it. no we don't have and we don't know like we don't know a the definitive rationale. Yeah, rationale a definitive rationale yes but the bible itself tells us why god mm-hmm. is setting forth those rules and restrictions yeah. he's saying be holy for i am holy consecrate yourselves and set yourselves apart so he's setting the israelite people apart from the rest of canaan yes further exactly them apart exactly they the the dietary laws are moral and spiritual in nature and are designed to create a distinction between israel and the people of canaan that was from rts lecture mm-hmm. by the way um basically god saying you're not gonna eat what your neighbor's gonna eat yeah and there's a lot of good reasons for that if you remember the egyptians they worshiped cows Mm -hmm. so of course the israelite people can eat cows (laughs) pigs were eaten regularly and also sacrificed by the canaanites Mm -hmm. so of course the israelite people are not going to be able to offer sacrifices or eat pigs yeah um he's keeping them separate and if you think about it it's kind of genius because how do you make new friends how do you how do you meet new people? How do you make new friends? You sit down at a dinner table and share a meal. Yeah. You welcome them into your home and yep. share a meal with them. But if you yep. can literally not eat the same things they can, you you're not going to make those connections. Can't be friends. You're not going to make those relationships. You're not going to mingle with them. Mm-hmm. So he's literally setting them apart in yes. the land of Canaan yeah. from the Canaanites. Exactly. Oh, I was going to say something, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, he's also allowing them to demonstrate their obedience to him by following the yes. rules he set forth. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also another lo- form of worship. Yeah. Which is to also, I mean, think about it. Like they're coming out of pagan culture. We're not all that far from when they left Egypt. We're not all that far from the golden calf incident. <sighs> so like he's, he's, all of these things have to be instilled in them. Yeah. You know, they're babies. Yeah. They're babies. They are. In they terms are. of their walk with God. Yeah. Because think about like, you know, creatures um, adapt and like, you know, based on like, their their surroundings so like if you are i don't know like you're gonna have a child and you're forced to follow these rules and be obedient to god it's going to be much easier and become i guess second nature for you to be obedient to what god says because that's just what you were always taught yeah yeah i mean you know it could have been real hard for the person who eats pig <laughs> eats the swine eats the swine and they just stop yeah. eating the swine well i don't know if you remember I don't know at what point, but like when Daniel goes to Babylon and they, they want don't him, mm-hmm, yeah, they, they don't eat. Yeah, they want him to eat or die. And he's like, no, absolutely not. He's like, I'll tell you what, you let me eat what I would normally eat. And then I forget what, but he's like, come and see if I'm healthier than, than your other men mm-hmm. after I follow my diet for so long. And guess what? Yeah. Daniel wins. Yep. Well, God wins, but God wins. through Daniel. Another thing to keep in mind about all these dietary laws is that Jesus abolished them with his 
work on the cross and even beforehand in his ministry he said that all animals that are given by god are clean yeah he broke the veil so it's no longer jew and gentile Mm -hmm. if you are in christ and you are a child of god it's you the child of god versus the world yeah not jew versus gentile yeah and i think he did that like he's made it very clear like you said you know he declared all animals clean and he also you know says it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you yeah it's what comes out it's what comes out that's reflecting you what's on the inside Mm -hmm. exactly yep exactly i just had this thought wrote down i'm gonna read it okay out loud (laughs) um again a change on the outside can result in a change that is inside so these things become like going through the motions so like these Mm -hmm. following the laws like not being able to eat this you know not being able to do this um can be like eventually be like going through the motions and so that's where jesus comes in he comes in he just blows that you know wide open because remember again it's not what is on the outside but what's on the inside of your heart that matters Mm -hmm. like what is influencing it like you said like you can't sit down at a table and eat with someone think about the person who like i think of like the kids at my son's school that have peanut allergies they have to have a nut-free table where you eat lunch so if your best friend has a peanut allergy he's got to go sit at the nut nut free table to eat his lunch to make sure i mean yes of course you know you're not supposed to pack things with nuts and peanut butters but who knows everything touches peanut oil i feel like yeah or almost everything you know and Mm -hmm. so if you have a severe enough allergy you have to be separated out so that you your throat doesn't swell shut you know and so think like you said you can't sit at a table and commune and fellowship with people that you can't literally commune and fellowship with yeah, you can't you eat know with them. yeah you can't sit with us <laughs> precisely precisely <laughs> so and then i said you know which is why i think why god is giving these laws to influence them positively to be able to guard or protect their hearts mm-hmm. yep it's to keep them it's to set them apart to make them holy he is doing nothing yet again but catering to you know the israelites and us as a people so that we can continue to be his chosen ones and it and is like, literally like if we look forward to jesus christ in the new testament right these israelite people are having to do so much to come into contact with god they have to eat the right things they have to say the right things they have to act the right way they have to sacrifice the right and- way they have to make sure that they're in the right state in order to come to god or else they literally burn um <laughs> Whereas Jesus Christ, the only thing that we have to do is accept him. Yeah. Yes. That's why, like, I I can't remember where I heard it first. I think it was in whenever we first started attending the church is where the first time I ever heard it was is like, I quite literally thank God every day for allowing me to live on this side yeah. of the cross. Yeah. You know, it's Seriously. crazy. It's like right there. Are we going to go on the Israelite diet? <laughs> you like- know how we have like... We have keto. We have doesn't Atkins. say anything about grain, does it? Yeah. It would be a pure carb diet, carb and cow. The you Jewish diet. You'd have a lot of things. Yeah, you could. They you do just, have they they do have a diet. It's called the Daniel diet. They also they also don't eat like dairy with meat either. Yes, because of the whole boiling the kid in the mother's milk. Remember? Yes, we did talk about that, that didn't we? In Exodus, or did we just? Yeah, no, it's in Exodus. Um, because the pagans used to boil a kid, which is a baby goat, in its mother's milk as a purity ritual or whatever mm. to to boost fertility. And so, like, that's why they don't eat like 
beef and cheese at the same time because it's you could be eating the byproduct of the mother with the kid with the offspring you know uh yeah no anyway i'm still over here trying to figure out what i was gonna say <laughs> i have no idea what it was i give up <laughs> it's fine so moving on to chapter 12 which kind of shifts focus from what you can and can't eat to kind of our state of uncleanness after an event. Yeah, I think chapters 12 through, is it 15? Cover 16. people. No, 16. has to do with people. Yes, it does have to do with people. So we've shifted from animals and eating to cleanliness and uncleanliness do when it comes to people. Do you know what would have happened to an Israelite if they were to have eaten an unclean animal? I don't. I don't either. I looked it up. And well, I couldn't find anything. Because it says here, now it says here, um, and if any animal which you may eat dies, whoever touches it and whoever eats of its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Yeah, but you may eat of that oh, animal. Oh, I don't know. Straight to jail. Like, are you cut off from your people? Uh, probably. How would yeah. you, how would they know? Do you have to wait till you have a good BM before you can come back into the presence of God? Think about like, how sick you would be if you ate something you're not used to eating. Right? Like pig. Yeah. And probably I would think that if you're at this state. a lot of state, fat on them too, by yeah. the way. You're not I, the fat. No. No. I would think that like if you're in the state where like you're eating something that's unclean, you're probably on the outskirts of your community anyway. And you're mm -hmm. probably not in a good place. And so you're just going to go. Like I don't like, think you know they what I mean? did. I don't think they ate things that weren't Right. I don't because clean. I think they were. Yeah, think about how anal the Pharisees were. But think about also what they just witnessed with Nadab yeah. the, uh, whatever and whatever his Abihu. name. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I don't want to eat That's something all, unclean exactly. and come into the presence right. of God. And so I'm thinking like if you were to the point where you were just going to go ahead and eat something unclean, like you were not you yeah. know yeah you really didn't care and you were leaving anyway so <laughs> i thought of what i was gonna say it was a okay. question okay what do you think would have happened to moses if he did not remove the sandals from his feet Suicide. <laughs> Death. immediately no straight to the fire <laughs> The fire would have be that. become consumed. Like, think about, like, I, I don't know. It was just I don't, uh, something inter not interesting, but like something I was like, oh, but immediately dead. <laughs> he, okay. If he, if he wouldn't have removed his sandals, I do think he would have been a defying God and he would, well, he would have died. He, he would have been smoked. He couldn't. Yes. He, he would have been smoked. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if he wasn't going to remove his sandals, he wouldn't have been the person God knew him to be. But he was he was not ritualistically clean either. He wasn't, but he was But God's I guess it wasn't put, a, put into place until now anyway. I was just thinking about that earlier today. Because he wasn't ritualis ritualistically Nobody technically clean. was until now anyway, because exactly. it wasn't a thing. Exactly. So, okay. Yeah. He was God's chiseling. He yeah. got a free pass. The only person the, in history. The, the only exception. To the rule. You are... The only exception. What is with us with these 90s <laughs> songs now? 2000s. Anyway, so chapter 12, we are here. It's talking about purification after childbirth. I read this chapter and I was like, hold up. Wait, what? And then I, I had to check myself because I was like, wait, 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 wait. You're getting into a, a place where you're thinking women are less than men and that's not how this yeah, is intended i was gonna say i think we really need to preface that because that is not 
That's not That's how this not is not what's being said. And we're talking about in clean and unclean states, a ritual, Rituals. ritualistic or ceremonially, ceremonially clean and unclean, like not dirty or nasty or gross or no. Think about the bug paste. You don't want cereal. Are we just not eating anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like James dinner's canceled. Go to the backyard. Start looking for some grasshoppers now. <laughs> grace um but yeah I yes also no have that. so i'm gonna read we're gonna read through 12 it's literally only eight verses it's, yeah let's read it's through the very whole thing and then very discuss. small um it says the lord spoke to moses saying which did you realize that he only spoke to moses not Aaron? the oh, lord spoke to moses saying speak to the people of israel saying if a woman conceives oh wait i know oh. i remember what i was gonna <gasps> yes. say um chapter 11 another reason why jesus abolished the whole dietary law whatever because chapter 11 says the lord spoke to moses and aaron saying to them speak to the people of israel the children of israel which does not include gentiles okay so now everybody so if you are in christ israel there are no dietary restrictions i think that's him saying everyone is welcome in the kingdom of god yes like yes okay 12 The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to the people of Israel, saying, if a woman conceives and bears a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days, as at the time of her menstruation, she shall be unclean. And on the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. Then she shall continue for 33 days in the blood of her purifying. She shall not touch anything holy or come into the sanctuary until the days of her purifying are completed. But if she bears a female child, then she shall be unclean for two weeks, as in her menstruation, and she shall continue in the blood of her purifying for 66 days. And when the days of her purifying are completed, whether for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting a lamb a year for a year old for a burnt offering and a pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering and he shall offer it before the lord and make atonement for her then she shall be clean from the flow of her blood this is a law for her for who bears a child either male or female and if she cannot afford a lamb then she shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering and the priest shall make atonement for her and she shall be clean okay childbirth a disgusting process it really is gross it's nasty i remember when i was giving birth they said do you want a mirror no i i said no oh he's got such blonde hair no no and i literally said if you can see what color his hair is get him out (laughs) no i have never gone through the process of childbirth i have friends and my sister i've seen it it's It's foul um james unclean (laughs) It's very unclean. James um, said, we were walking into the delivery room after my niece had just been born, like minutes after she arrived. And he walked into the delivery room and like got real lightheaded. And like he had to be escorted out, out and get like sat down by a nurse and had to drink some orange oh, juice. My. I was like, I told him, I looked him dead in the face that day. I said, if I ever have children, you're going to be there passed out on the floor listen they but ha- you're gonna be there they had to hook aaron up to oxygen <laughs> it's a nasty process so anyway um there's three parts to this the woman gives birth there's that woman she gives birth she's in her menstruation or she's in her flow of blood post-birth. time yeah time of menstruation um post-birth for seven days if she has a boy for 14 days if she has a girl um 
if it's a boy, let's talk about if it's a boy first. Mm-hmm. So if it's a boy, she has the baby. She waits seven days. She can become ceremonially, quote unquote, clean in order to attend the circumcision, whatever they do. Yeah. Uh, process. And then she is then deemed unclean yet again to go back and for what? What is it? 33, 33 days. 33 days. Yeah. It's technically kind of like a um, it's a purification. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like maternity leave. Let's be real. Yeah. And I, I read somewhere that it is like seclusion. Like it's just you and the baby. Like you can't I really think, be I think I read that somewhere else. as well. That I mean, it was for multiple reasons. And I think that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Because think about like the Bible, I think, too. And like, God, being a mother and having a child like is a gift in itself. So like yeah. this whole thing, like I think a lot of people may tend to read read this and be like oh my gosh well um she's sinful for having a child she's She's unclean unclean for having a child that's not what's what's happening and having this child is not uh it's not frowned upon yes and we're gonna get into too like as we get further through the chapters of leviticus like it has to do with blood and body fluids and all it just was yeah it it just was not if she were not secluded, it would have not strictly affected her, basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's her and the baby. Mm-hmm. It's her and the baby is what it is. Because she's not going to be separated from her child. <laughs> Who that, would feed it? Exactly. Um, Bug pace. So, and then if it's a girl, she has to wait 14 days. And then it's 66 days after yeah. after the birth until she can come to the temple, offer her sacrifice, and then be reunited with her people, yeah. basically able to come back to god yes um so there's a physical danger of being in a state of pregnancy even in today's terms like pregnancy the birth the child birthing process is still dangerous dangerous. people still die absolutely i mean you can only imagine how many women died during childbirth in the israelite community you can only imagine how many babies died during childbirth in the Israelite community like it was very dangerous for a woman to go through that process to a be pregnant mm-hmm. and b have to give birth to a child yeah because i mean there was no modern medicine it's definitely something no. that god intended women to do yeah. so like they can do it but like it's still you're in a vulnerable exactly. state exactly um and the discharges and like the the blood and everything that comes out of a woman after childbirth a is gross mm-hmm. b <laughs> It's putting her in a state of unwholeness. Like, exactly. and you cannot be in a state of pureness, in a state of holiness, in a state of cleanness without being whole. Yeah. So it's like you're, you're incomplete. Exactly. Because think about, you know, we've talked about it, that blood is the life source, yep. you know, it belongs to God. Yep. And so if you are missing part of your life source, mm-hmm. you know, you're in an unfit state exactly. to approach God. Mm-hmm. because that's what that unclean means you're an unfit state to be in the presence of god yeah and we'll see it later on in leviticus but when a wom- when a woman is on her period when she is during menstruation she's not able to go to temple either Correct. she has to wait yeah until she's done with her monthly bleed or whatever mm-hmm. to return to temple return to worship yeah. return to god yep it's the same situation except childbirth after childbirth and i'm sure every mother out there would know that it's a an extended period of time where you're just bleeding uncontrollably (laughs) literally have to wear diapers yeah Mm -hmm. um it's just and it's also giving time for the mother to bond with the baby and to recover herself as well yeah and also to emphasize also like the sacredness of like 
you know, being holy and being a mother and giving birth Mm -hmm. to. Yeah. Because like, this is something that God commanded we do, you know, be fruitful and multiply. Like having a child is a blessing. Being in a state of pregnancy and being in a state of post-pregnancy is a blessing and is something that God commanded we do. Yeah. That's why it's not sinful for a woman to have a child. Um, I do have something on the whole child and sin thing too. I oh, know. I do. Do you? Okay. I do. I do. Okay. Going into the, did you have anything else? No. Okay. No. So the exclusion of a woman for a period of time after childbirth is also serves as a remembrance of sin Mm -hmm. and how yet another sinner has been brought into the world. Yeah. Because she is in a state of seclusion, A, because if we remember back in Genesis, part of the curse with the fall was that woman was to have a painful childbirth. Yeah. And it was, it's only kind of funny that she is secluded for such a long period of time after childbirth to remember a eve sin in the fall and why we are in the state that we're in right now yeah so i i would like to read this quote from again i believe it's from the blue letter bible it says you know be fruitful and multiply but now that the nature of man is degenerated the propagation of that nature is laid under the under these marks of disgrace because of the sin and corruption that are propagated with it and in remembrance of the curse upon the woman this was first in the transgression so and you know this uh I have a quote too. huh i have a quote too do you yeah it's kind of similar i think it's from rts it says and the exclusion of the woman for so many days from the sanctuary and all participation of the holy things signified that our original corruption in the garden would have excluded us forever from the enjoyment of god and his blessings if he had not graciously provided for our purifying yeah exactly and I think too. So it's part of the curse. It, that's exactly what really? it is. That's exactly what it is. And when you think about it, like they're talking about now how sin is ingrained in our nature. It mm-hmm. was then and it still is now. Yep. That if this was a metaphor, is that the correct literary device I'm going to use? I believe it's a metaphor from the Calvary Chapel Church in Ontario, Oregon, this Leviticus series I've been listening to. He uses this metaphor where it's like, if the root's bad, the fruit's bad yeah so even though this is a baby brand new to the world the baby is defiled because you you cannot bring something clean from something unclean yeah you cannot bring a purified child out of something that is a sinner Mm -hmm. one exception one this kind of like that was yeah and i don't one exception yeah Hold on. Can we go back and also talk about in chapter 11, the fact that Mary's sacrifice was two turtle doves? Chapter after, 12? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, chapter 11. After she gave birth. It's chapter 12. Oh, is it chapter 12? The birth? Yeah. Yeah. After she gave birth to Jesus? Yeah. It's two turtle doves. Yeah. That's in 12? Yes. We're in 12 with the childbirth. Yeah. No, I'm talking about in chapter 11, though. Like, because that's where they were talking. Oh, that is chapter 12. Yes, Jesus was born into a very poor family and they were only able to provide like to offer two turtle doves yeah, so for the cinnamon offering. The, he also came from pure humbleness. Pure humbleness. Yeah. So the burnt offering after the childbirth when the woman can come to the temple and sacrifice for the it's on behalf of the child. The burnt offering is on behalf of the child dedicating the child's life to God. The sin offering is for both the mother and the child mm-hmm. so that they can return back to worship. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, there's really no good reason for the double time for girls being born. No, and nothing. Again, nothing. There's no, there's theories. I have a theory, but there's nothing that I found that I think yeah, is it's like probably the same. Yeah, but it's nothing. Like we don't know the real reason. No. So. I mean, a lot of people said, you know, girls tend to be smaller, so they need more care or, um, you know, something on the health lines of things. But another one said girls will grow up to have children. Exactly. Um, Menstruate. Yeah. Um, the double over on the time away for the potential future sin that the baby girl will bring into the world. Yeah. Like, it's just. It, yeah. But again, you had, yeah, you're being punished for I, having a girl. No, yeah. that's not what it is. Nobody really None knows the reason. None of this reason. is punishment. None no. of it none of it no and honestly like i mean obviously boys were more prized in ancient israel like i feel like boys have been more prized as babies well for because generations. we know their roles the, they know the their roles the had, and yeah. they they can continue the family line and you know they had a lot of quote-unquote benefits of being a yeah. man born in that time yes um so there's really no good reason but no. i just think it's kind of crazy that they were secluded for such a long period of time to remember. LOL, their you're sin. lucky if you get eight weeks now. I know. You know, there's countries, I think it's Sweden or maybe it's Germany. It's somewhere where it's yeah. like six months mm-hmm. where you can have, like, I cannot imagine like, like going back to work. Leave. Like the father of leave for the father of the child. I mean, there's nothing mentioned about that now in the Bible, but that's just now become a thing here, like in the last few years. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, but anyway, it's crazy. Did we cover everything? Um, aside from, I just have something about Jesus yeah. that I, I don't know. I guess I just, like I, you knew, but like, it was kind of just spelled out for me in my reading. Yes. This afternoon, um, that, you know, <laughs> talking about how, you know, if the root is bad, the fruit is bad. So the, the baby's already a sinner mm-hmm. because it's growing inside of you because it was conceived by two sinners. Maybe not necessarily in sin because it was outside of marriage. But there's a verse. There's a verse somewhere in the New Testament that says, "Even in your womb, you knit me together in sin," or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. That I mean, we're not even talking about whether it was premarital or not. Like, no. it's just the fact that. The dad is a sinner, mom is a sinner. We're human, we're in a Thus, fallen world. Baby is a sinner. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. but Jesus was conceived by the Virgin Mary, and who was his father? God. Mm-hmm. Thus he was not even when he was born, he wasn't a sinner. No. Like that's why none of that applied to him. And yet because, they still went to temple and did the sin and burn offering for him. Yeah. Because exactly. it was custom. It was exactly. as per law. Exactly. And we'll see that in john and matthew and mark luke Luke. yeah yeah but i don't know i just thought that was really like you knew that but like i guess i don't know it hit different but that's all i have one exception i think now that we looked into it because initially like looking at it and you're like purification after childbirth what does that mean no like no it's not what mm -mm. i mean i couldn't imagine going to church the week after i gave birth are you kidding me i gave birth on tuesday and was in church on sunday well then kudos i don't know or like how about um the royal family like literally the day after they give you birth, have to walk like, out no i'm not doing that either i'm not doing that <laughs> no go megan that's all i've got to say about I, that right like no but anyway lol see every time and there really was not that many pauses no we got on a lot of rabbit holes though yeah so our favorite verse Our favorite verse was chapter 11, verse 45. Yes. For I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. 
You shall therefore be holy for I am holy. Yeah. And I think I said it a couple episodes ago, like the overarching theme of Leviticus is be holy for I am holy. Like the whole purpose of this book is for the Israelite people to be able to approach God and God dwell with them. Exactly. And in order, in order to do that, they have to set themselves apart and become holy. Exactly. And like, yeah. And like, it's not that God's like, well, you're not good enough. It's for their protection, as we saw with Nadab and Abihu. Serious. Like, R.I.P. Yes. So on the next episode, (laughs) we will be discussing chapters 13 through 15, and that will be up next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed the time we spent in God's Word, and we hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.